Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 185 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of sitting down with the sexiest sober hunk we've had on the show in a while. Kevin Kreider is here from the Bling Empire, which is on Netflix now. He is talking all about his booze-free journey, his choice to showcase and document his sobriety on the Netflix show, and his new alcohol-free beautiful beverage called Sans. This is such a great conversation. Let's get into it. Kevin, how are you? What's going on? another sober morning yes absolutely you're in LA right I am I am and you're in I'm in Vancouver oh I'm going to Vancouver no way when I'm coming to Vancouver on the second and third for the Vancouver Film Festival what yeah seriously okay I, I, I totally want to meet up in person if you're down yeah no, that that is I'm okay. I'm, that's that's so cool to know that. Yeah, I'm going up there for a yeah. Vancouver Film Festival about um Asian Vancouver Film Festival, but it's the second largest fan, uh film festival for Asian Americans. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Good for you. What are you doing yeah. there? Uh I'll be in their opening. Um they're mm. having a special guest. Uh season three of Bling Empire launched. They want to learn yeah. more about sobriety and and sons which is great wow yeah that's amazing that's so cool have you been to Vancouver before we could have done this in Vancouver I know I'm like wait we could have done this live (laughs) but I like we got I got you now so it's all exactly we'll get we'll get double time when we're there then totally um, I definitely want to jump into songs and everything that you have going on. You're a very, very busy man, but I want to back it up a little bit. I want to talk about, so I call this your BS self. So your before sobriety self, uh-huh. if you could kind of give me a little insight or a little context to what Kevin was like before sobriety. Okay. So uh, it's funny you talk about the past because I think in, you know, 12 step programs says, uh, in the promises, we won't regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Mm. And I think that was me that I used to regret the past all the time before I was sober. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I think through sobriety, I learned that the experience can help others, which is not something I really, really understood. Uh, when, I, when I shared my past, it would always be kind of, kind of a "woe was me, feel sorry for me" type of thing. Yeah. But I didn't know that it was also a cry for help, if that makes sense, or okay, trying to feel important or yeah. recognized. And I think that was the only way I could do it. Um, yeah. 
But in sobriety, I also learned that storytelling is actually a powerful thing. It can change people. It can influence and and do good. Uh, the part of storytelling I didn't really understand, though, is what I learned in sobriety is uh, what was it like, what happened, and what is it like now? What yeah. I would only speak about is what it's, what, what it's like now. Life yeah. sucks. I'm depressed. Yeah. And actually, it wasn't that bad. What I mean by that mm. bad was like it was a time in my life where I was feeling different because I was the only Asian person yeah. in in my school, uh, along with maybe one other person. And okay. we wouldn't talk because um, we were very different. Um, I came from a white family in okay. Philadelphia. So right. I identified as more American. <laughs> I identified as more American. I didn't identify as Asian American yet. Right. Um, and so growing up, I got into, you know, the social cliques, but I never felt good. And the way I got in more by feeling a part of something was through alcohol. Yeah. I drank to feel like I was a part of something. Yeah. I remember the first time I, I drank something, I didn't actually like the way it tasted, but mm. I liked the feeling that my friends thought I was cool. Yeah. Like wanted to hang out more. And I forgot that I was Asian at that time or, or different, that I was even different. Yeah. Right? It was like, we had this one thing. So I, I, I fell in love with that. Yeah. And, and that's then, strong. Yeah. That so is a strong feeling. It is because then when you start to realize that alcohol was just my way to become the person I thought I wanted to be. Mm. And then I used that over the years. They call it progressive disease for a reason, but I actually think right. I just went straight into it. Yeah. But I personally <laughs> think that for me, it was just feeling like I belonged more than yeah. anything. And so when I got into my addiction um, of trying to feel like I belong, mm -hmm. I realized that uh, it was really detrimental because the anger, the resentments, the fears, insecurities were boiling up underneath me. Ooh. And when I drank, it gave me the green light to unload it. Um, yeah. Loved ones, mm -hmm. random people, who knows, right? I was very yeah. self-destructive. Yeah. And I found that it stopped working for me after I got a little bit older, because when you're younger, it's like, Oh, you're still cute. You know, you're a teenager, you're in your twenties, you're still yeah. young, you can grow it. Well, we're you, allowed to make mistakes when we're right. right? We're kind of like given like a, a hall pass almost. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're, you're almost enabled because most people yeah. say you're young and yeah. um, you're cute and you know, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, totally. Young and dumb. Carry on. <laughs> and so when I got into my 30s, it was, wasn't so cute anymore. And I realized, like, okay, it's getting worse. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I hit my real rock bottom in New York City. I actually lost my hair from alopecia areata to stress-induced hair loss. Whoa. Um, that was during my addiction. Like, it was beyond alcohol at that time. It was, like, prescription pills. Yeah. Uh, caffeine with prescription pills, amphetamines, and then alcohol, too. Yeah. Um, sprinkle a little bit of psychedelics in there and you got a disaster. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. So, so I did get I did get out of uh that rock bottom a little bit, but it was like kind of dragged along when I moved to Philadelphia. My, okay. my dad kicked me out of the house. And I remember the car ride from New York to Philly was a real eye-opener because he asked me what I wanted to do with my life. Mm. Uh, you know, I was about 30, I was turning 30 at that time. Yeah. And I had nothing. I didn't even have hair. I was still in credit card debt. Yeah. Um, nothing to my name. And my, I said to my dad, I was like, yeah, man, I think I want to be a life coach. Mm. And he just like laughed at me because he's like, but Kevin, to be a life coach, you have to have a life. <laughs> Ouch. And that was really, but yeah, it was true. I had yeah. nothing. Who would want to follow my advice to be a life coach? I'm like, I got a tent on the back of my my back, a pack, because I was like I was living on the road for a while, and uh, that was big. And then mm. two, a couple years later, I got my life back together to a certain extent, but that feeling of irritability, discontent was there. Yeah. Um, and then 
I, I found a girlfriend at the time and mm-hmm. her name's Devon. It's no yeah. surprise or spoiler at the time, but um, yeah. she and I started dating and I realized I still had a problem with alcohol. I had a problem with my emotions. I had a problem with uh, my anger yeah. and she saw a lot of it. Yeah. And we, I just started getting sober. I, I entered um, the rooms of AA at the time. Okay. Um, and I realized, holy shit, this is good. I could use this. Mm-hmm. I could use the 12 step program. And then the problem was we were just newly dating. I knew I loved her. I knew I cared for her, but I, we, yeah. we both knew it wasn't going to last. Mm. Um, and so we did break up and it yeah. was about a six and a half year break. And in yeah. between that, I got my life back together. I got emotionally, physically sober, mentally, spiritually, yeah. um, moved to Los Angeles and found my voice in community speaking about representation and yeah. and acting and then moved to los angeles got on a show called bling empire on netflix and yeah. from there um i got to speak about my sobriety journey which is great yeah and, and then afterwards in season three which is a true life story me and devon spoke again we we got back together wow and- now we are living together in Los Angeles. And the thing is, like, it's been a miracle. Uh, I, yeah. I think that if I weren't sober, there's no way I'd probably be in Southeast Asia, being a wan- wanderlust, like just yeah. the city, living with a backpack, just trying to figure out my life. And <laughs> pretty much laid out for me now, like, I have a beverage business that represents my sobriety. Yeah. Um, and I still, the part about this, uh, the beverage that I love is that it's all about belonging mm. because when we go to bars and restaurants and there's alcohol around, you don't yeah. feel like you have something to belong that in that conversation. Yeah. So that's why we made it a conversational beverage. <clears throat> we want to be part of that conversation. Yeah. I love, I love that. What did you find about the 12 step program that worked for you? Cause you know, there's so, many different pathways, you know, to find, uh, to change your relationship with alcohol. Yeah. So I found the biggest step for me at least was the amends process for me. Okay. Um, the amends process was really huge because uh, I, the way I used to make amends was like, you know, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. But then yeah. I, I would, right. Yeah. Like you change your course of behavior. Right. That's but the best you, apology. Change right. your behavior. But mm-hmm. in the immense, you don't know how to change your behavior because you don't know what's wrong. So I find ah, that with the okay. program, you start to discover your character defects, what makes you an asshole, basically. Yeah. So then, Because we all can be one, right? Wow. Like just different levels of being an asshole. Then you have accountability from a sponsor. Yeah. Um, and the best part about a sponsor is they're free. So mm-hmm. there's no ulterior motive. Um, right. You know, the thing is, like, I always take all these self-help programs, but I knew there's an ulterior motive. I was like waiting for the last day of the program uh, of like whatever it was I was doing. I'd be like, okay, here, here they're coming to sell me now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, it's not like that in, in 12-step programs. It's like, it's free. It, or right. at least the ones that I've been to have been free. And um, I don't feel like there's an ulterior motive except for your well-being. And sure. so then the sponsor would keep me aligned with my, with my true self. It would be like, yo, that's, that's coming out of fear or that's coming out of ego. Right. Mm-hmm. Made it very simple for me. And so what I realized is whenever I had to make an amends, it's usually because I became an asshole out of fear or ego. Right. Um, and a superiority complex even. Right. Mm-hmm. So a men's process really laid it out for me of cleaning that wreckage of the past. And then when I did clean the wreckage of the past, I could use that experience to help other people in the future. Right. (laughs) Or in the present. Right. Yeah. So I found that having that load off my chest, my heart, my soul was something I didn't know I needed. Mm. and actually make that amends like I started to become lighter more free more joyous and so more clear more thought conscious and that I started to realize that that's what they mean by kind of like 
that like sins holding you back or hell, right? It's yeah. like that was my living hell. I had to live with my regrets, my 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 past. And until yeah. I made amends with that, I couldn't move on. Yeah. I mean, <clears> there's nothing like one living of my biggest, in the past. Oh, yeah. It's the one worst. of my biggest amends that I was afraid to share for a while is, you know, I used to be the problem when it came to the Asian community. Like I was a self-hating Asian guy. Mm. Like I hated being Asian. And what do I do? Hurt people, yeah. hurt others, right? So I hurt other Asians, you know? And I was the bully at that one point. And yeah. uh, I would look down or just scoff or be racist towards my own people. Like, I was that Asian guy that said, I don't date Asian girls, you know? Yep. And so I understand it. It comes from self-hating, self-loathing. Um, yeah. And so my amends is to not do that, to actually be of service to the community. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's kind of what I've done. And actually through that amends, I've been able to even have a career in entertainment again. And right. so that wasn't something I expected, but that was just part of my amends process is to actually be of service to the community. Yeah. And how amazing is that, that you're now on a show that is celebrating your yeah. culture? Totally. And that's right? the thing that's, it's never happened before. So yeah. that we can be celebrated and be seen in an industry that doesn't even have Asians in there to begin with is crazy. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is too, I took what I did from that community and said, well, if I can put this out in the world mm -hmm. and I can help manifest it or be part of that and to actually be active in changing the way the perception of Asians are in entertainment. Yeah. Why can't I do that with people in recovery or sobriety? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. there's stigmatism. I always challenged in the beginning of sobriety. I said, if there's such amazing people, which was in my, my circle, I was like, you guys are all amazing. Yeah. Why, why can't we go out there and attract that to other people because i could have used this right in my addiction. yeah like we need to almost change the marketing and branding of what sobriety looks like <laughs> exactly right i think i don't know about you but you know when you think of like recovery or when you think of aa or when you think of any of these kind of like terms for or even alcoholic i think right. alcoholic gets the worst rap you probably think of an older overweight man sitting with a bag like a brown paper bag 100 and that which is that, not not even close not even close and that's that's what killed me about uh recovery or people in um yeah and people in recovery or who have addiction problems right uh, especially with alcohol is that we're always seen as weak the ones that didn't belong mm. doesn't fit in the crowd like are you like it was just you, it's almost like I had this mindset too. You got to be poor even like, what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean the 12 steps teach you how to be humble? What I'm going to be poor. And I don't want to be poor. I don't want to, I don't want to live a life right. uh, of deprivation. Um, but also yeah. too, it shows you to not be attached to all your achievements or possessions. Right. Totally. Um, so my thing is, it's very like 12 steps are very Buddhist. Like, you know, mm -hmm. and even at one point, the Dalai Lama said the 12 steps are the greatest gift to humanity because mm -hmm. it's 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 not religious. It's spiritual in nature, like true spirituality. Right. Um, right. That thought could help other people. And I found I found the same thing. I found so many gifts in 12 step programs. Um, and so then I wanted I literally said at the end of one of the TED talks, which I didn't realize. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower and lemon balm. These gluten free, vegan, non GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This was, I was going to be that example, but I said, I, I, I wish to see 
uh, a world where Asian guys are seen as sexy and cool, just like any other race. Yeah. Now I get to be a part of that. Like I get to be that on screen. And now what I wish is for people to see people in sobriety as just as sexy as cool as anybody else and and not to be this person that needs to be talked to like a little kid you know like are you okay you know yeah you know it's just or like you you can't live a life beyond your wildest dreams I'm like I am living a life more than I ever expected in my life yeah you know like my biggest dream was being on a yacht at one point that's it was like (laughs) that's it (laughs) Tiger Woods and I realized man I don't even like golf and I don't like <laughs> I don't like gats that much, you know. Like, right. <laughs> wow, who would have thought? Yeah, uh, right. But I think we also like when we get clear and more aligned with like who we are, our definitions of success, our definitions of fun, they those all change. One hundred percent. Right. Like when we actually like come home to ourselves and really get down to like what we need and want in our lives. I mean, most of the time, it's not like that Ferrari isn't going to like really satiate that need and want for belonging right. and community. Right. No. And I think that's that's where I think we learn in recovery is that the things you own don't own you. Yes. I mean, it's actually very much a fight club statement, which is kind of funny because yeah. uh, I had um, a roommate back in Philadelphia who was in, in recovery and he... I said, what, well, yeah, what's it like in these meetings and stuff like that? And he mm-hmm. told me, he said, uh, it's kind of like Fight Club without the fighting. And <laughs> I just thought that was so cool. I was like, oh, I want to be a part of this, right? What is yeah. this underground thing? He's like, it, it doesn't have to be secret, but it's just anonymous, right? And mm-hmm. then I, I looked kind of like Fight Club, right? Yeah. Um, and then I, won't, I go in, I'm like, this isn't like Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> We're happy, right? People are singing and whatever. I mean, I went during yeah. Thanksgiving, but you know, there's obviously very depressing meetings at times, depending sure. on what you're in, depending what meeting, depending on the people there, right? Yeah. Um, just like like I always tell people, there's there's shitty personal trainers out there. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they don't work. There's shitty nutritionists. There's shitty business partners. There's shitty investors, right? Right. Doesn't mean doesn't work it just means you found a shitty one you got to find someone that's really good um so right or it's not aligned with you like it's not not that they're a bad person they're just not what you need at that time exactly and so i find that um i gave up i would have given up too quickly if mm. that because i didn't find the right yeah. meeting groups or the right sponsor right away so it took right. me a little um, but yeah, I'm glad I did it. Um, obviously, because I owe everything to my recovery to being sober. Because there's no way yeah. I could have done this. Because um, I would have been a totally different person. I would have blown shit out of proportion. Yeah. Fucked up relationships. The worst thing, and I, I still have to be careful of this today, is like you know, I think in before I got sober, I'd always have to tell people a piece of my mind. You know, uh, yeah, never that great anyway, right? Like, <laughs> I gotta be careful because sometimes I think my mind's still good and sharp enough to tell people in a certain yeah. way. But like, no, it's it actually doesn't do anything good. Yeah, um, like, do you mean way, like give your opinion, like an unsolicited kind of? Opinion? Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, okay, gotcha. Like unsolicited yeah. opinions, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I still be careful of that. Don't yeah. need that. You know? Yeah, unless someone's asking. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, we're we're good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> during yeah. like my addiction times or or in in my alcoholism, like I would literally do it all the time. Yeah, and I wonder why I'm living kind of a lonely life. Yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks to hang out with a know it all or someone yeah. who's like kind of like nagging at you or like do it better or do it this way or yeah. 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 Where do you think you get that from? <laughs> <sighs> my mom okay yeah but she likes it's usually our parents it's either yeah, a mom or a dad piece of her mind and i'm like yeah. you know what um yeah probably could do without that a little bit you know i could i could do son's opinions you know yes mm-hmm. totally like how did it make you feel when your mom kind of like chirped in on something you were doing oh my god i hated it obviously but you yeah. know the thing is i, I recognize my own human behavior myself yeah. like 
I realized shit, man, the things that people did to me in the past, I hated the most. I end up doing it too. I know. It's so wild, isn't it? Look, we're all walking hypocrites and contradictions to a certain extent. Totally. Oh, <laughs> yeah. right? We're not perfect. And I think that's what I realize in recovery is that mm-hmm. we're about progress, not perfection. Yeah. And, and I recognize when I can, when I'm, I'm yeah, being hypocrite or just something um, isn't aligned. But I do find the more aligned I am, the better my life can be. Yeah, definitely. I think also like we're also definitely going to make little mistakes or, you know, like give unsolicited opinions here or there, but it's also how you take that feedback too, instead Mm -hmm. of like pushing through being defensive, like, you know, just staying, I don't know what sign, what was your sign? Uh, So I'm a Leo. Oh, damn. Yeah, it's harder for us, you know. Uh I'm a Taurus, and like, once we get our heels in, it's like, not moving. We're pretty, yeah. I mean, we're pretty strong. Leos and bulls are pretty strong animals that don't really want to move unless we decide to. (laughs) Yeah, me and my girlfriend's a Taurus too. Oh, okay. Yeah, so when we when we get in it, yeah. You're in it. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about Sands a little bit more and your sobriety and being like, you are very open with your recovery and being sober, which I love. And we definitely need more of, but especially like on a TV show, very publicly. Yeah. What was the thought process behind that? And, you know, were you thinking about, you know, maybe keeping it under the radar or was this always something that you wanted to kind of not showcase, but, you know, bring to light? Yeah. So it was a very, very meaningful part of my story. I wanted to share. Cool. Because, you know, in reality TV, it's more about documenting your life. Right. And so this is a big part of my life. How is this not out there? How is this not documented? And I wanted to share a story of of recovery that hasn't been shared really, which is if you see on TV, it's all about the relapse and it's all about people who need to go into rehab or recovery, right? Well, it's drama. Right. Always about the drama. You don't see how people stay sober or live a sober life. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com slash ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash ASGG. While trying to achieve a, a life of their wildest dreams or a life worth living for and being sober. So I always said the secret to sobriety for me was always create a life better mm-hmm. than you had when you weren't drinking and drugging or doing your behaviors, right? Yeah. It takes a little bit of time, but totally. I've been able to do it. And I wanted to document I wanted to document it. Mm-hmm. And, and the unfair part about season one is that nobody knew I was in recovery. They thought I was partying and drinking just like everybody else. But I was like, no, I didn't touch a drop of alcohol. Wow. And the ironic part that most people don't know is that most of my castmates don't drink, which is kind of ironic. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> most of them don't drink. And so then okay. 
In season two, I had the the luck, I would call it, but I I consider it more higher power yeah. that uh, one of the producers was sober as well. And he okay. went to the other producers and said, how is this not out there? Like, how does nobody know this? And they're like, well, you know, we actually don't know how to tell that story. They didn't because they're not in recovery. So they wow. let him the story. And we did a, we did a quick um, little session with my sponsor of what yeah. we did in recovery. And they loved it. And they're like, okay, we can do this. We yeah. now know what recovery is more about. And yeah. so they didn't want to show anything or manipulate anything that would jeopardize my sobriety. They wanted to finally show a sober guy yeah. living in Los Angeles, trying to make some, have like, how, how does a sober person deal with heartbreak? How does a sober person deal with crazy friends or yeah. finances or career? Like they want to know. And so I yeah. wanted to document that because this is what really was going on in my life. Yeah. So to me, it was an absolute fuck. Yeah. I have to do this. Yeah, because seven years ago when I was just getting sober, I said, "Why aren't there people out there? Mm-hmm. Why? Why do we only hear about the relapse or the person that needs to come in? No yeah. wonder I look down on people in recovery." Yeah. I, yeah well, first of all, there's zero representation, and zero. when there is representation, <clears throat> it's so like this blown out character right? It's, it's always so dramatic. It's always so heightened. It's either getting arrested, it's, you know, getting a DUI or like ruining your, like your lives or your relationships. Yeah. It's, it's insane. And so that's why, and that's why it's, um, I thought there was a disservice not to share my sobriety story because I feel like this is for me, it's more empowering. It's more normal. Yeah. Uh, It's not this, mega celebrity getting a DUI and then having to go in and crashing into a tree and killing right. someone. Right. It's not like that. It's more Shaving like, her head. Actually, mine comes with love. Like it was, yeah. I was with the person love my life and we broke up because of my. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skin care is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. I, you know, because my addiction, my, my alcoholism. And then yeah. I got better and look, things aren't perfect still, but it's like way better. It's actually like a normal relationship. Right? Yeah. It's so, like healthy. What is like that? Yeah. <laughs> and now we like live together. So yeah. for me, my story of recovery is more about second chances. Mm. And so that's why I think my sobriety story is more relatable, more powerful to tell. Yeah. And I still remember being back in Philadelphia, a group of me and my young other sober friends. We were younger for, for people in recovery. Yeah. We said, like, what really sucks is this, this, this tradition of being anonymous kills us. Like, why yep. can't we be the example? And then we'd hear from the excuse mm-hmm. of the old timers, whoa, look at the look what happens. Like if people start seeing you be sober and then they see that you relapse. Then it shows to other people that it doesn't work, right? And then I- What? I, I, yeah, well, here's the thing. Me being okay. a trainer, 
at the time said, well, that doesn't discredit me as a personal trainer. Right. If one of my clients loses 50 pounds, then gains 100 pounds back. Right. It's the person, you know what I mean? Like everybody knows right. weight loss doesn't work unless you do it. Right. Yeah. You're <laughs> not going to get abs by just like looking at pictures of abs. Same thing with recovery programs. Like right. there's a very low success rate for any program, but in the scheme of things, it really does work for the people it works for, which is actually a lot more than people think. They just don't hear about it because we don't talk about it. Right. So my thing is, they always say, say show, don't tell, but there is a certain level of telling you have to do, you know, like kind of yeah. like this or going on TV and documenting and telling people I am in recovery, right? Yeah. Showing yeah. them how I live a life in recovery, being the example too. There's a little bit of both. Yeah. Right. Because like, I think when Bill Wilson started AA, he didn't anticipate, um, first of all, the pandemic happening where people have to go on Zoom and two, social media yeah. and reality TV. <laughs> Like yeah, anticipate that. No. So I think if you would see it now, he might be like, yeah, I think this is good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, talking about it just helps the next person know that they're not alone. They're right. not the, they're not the alien that they, I mean, I definitely felt like an alien, but I do believe out. Know that if I would have to do this in my first couple years of recovery, I would not have been a good example. Sure. Um, Right. Because I was still trying to figure that out. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, I think now I have enough time, I have enough experience, I have enough, um, I have enough experience to be able to share now and to be able to show it as well yeah. as articulate at the same time. So I do think there is a certain level of, yeah, maybe the first couple of years, maybe I'm not that person. Right. But when it's in front of me and I get to have that opportunity to, go for it. I just never had that opportunity to in the first couple of years. Yeah. I mean, it also, that's with anything though, like it, that maturing process, that learning, growing, right. again, getting more solid in who you are just makes you a more stable person. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So talk to me about SANS. Yeah. How, I'm sorry. How, <laughs> how <laughs> did this come to be? Yeah. So it came from my sobriety. Yeah. And I really realized that Nobody out there in their right mind says, I want sparkling water to represent me as a sober person, right? Like, <laughs> doesn't sound that cool. Like, hey, look, I'll take a sparkling water. Yeah. Right. But when te te tequila drinkers or people who drink wine, they're looked at a great way or a certain way, right? Like, right. oh, you must be cool. You must be sophisticated. Well, why don't we have that? Right. And that's what I was thinking along the way. I didn't know it at the time, but as time went on, when season two and three of the show was airing, yeah, I was like, you know what? I want to start something. Mm -hmm. I want to start something since we're talking about sobriety. I get to showcase it on my show. Yeah. Um, I want to start a business with financial freedom at the same time while doing something that's authentic because I knew some things weren't authentic to me, right? Right. Um, that I tried in the past and failed because I couldn't couldn't articulate it. I couldn't speak about it all day long, every day. Whereas like when it comes to sobriety and helping people in the recovery, I can do this all day, every day. This yeah. like gives energy, right? Oh, totally. Right. And so yeah. then I realized, oh, this is my passion. This is a calling for me. I did yeah. it with Asian men and masculinity in yeah. the entertainment and media field that gave me energy of purpose. The best part about this, speaking about sobriety and sons, my beverage company is that this knows no race as well. It mm. knows no gender. Yeah. What I found very beautiful about it mm -hmm. is that it knew none of those limits. Yeah. Whereas like when I only spoke about Asian masculinity, it's a small, small group of people. Right. When it comes to the world, the psychographics are very small. Right. The feeling of insecurity and inferiority that I was trying to relate right, relate to Asian masculinity is um it was right, but you know, it's still a small niche. When it comes to recovery and sobriety, everybody knows somebody who's affected by this. Yep, absolutely. And then I saw other brands happening that were trying to du duplicate it. Some of them were inauthentic. Some of them were very authentic. And um, I found that, well, if nobody's very open, openly in recovery and a founder of something, yeah, who, what better person would understand a beverage company like this than me? 
Yeah. And then my higher power just laid out all the right people in front of me. I was like, I started to be like, Hey, look, I I, want to do this. Yeah. All of a sudden my co-packaging partner showed up, you know, it was like looking to do something like this. Um, Love your vision, love everything you want to stand for. Let's do it. Yeah. Then other advisors came on my attorney, like all these, all the CFO, like it was just, it started to really just become something very fast. And yeah, I will say whenever I tried other things that weren't authentic to me, it was very slow. It was very painful. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, and now it doesn't mean that this isn't painful. It's just more like at least I have the energy, the, the, the passion. I hate to use the word passion, but I do. Yeah. Have for but this. you need, you need that. Like this is a long game, right? And especially in creating <laughs> a beverage and having, you know, people involved, it's yeah. a long game. So that's where Sans even came from. It's like, I want to represent something without yeah, alcohol that could be cool and sexy and maybe even be like a social symbol, right? Mm. When we see the bats, the Batman sign or the S, we know a superhero is coming, right? Yeah. Well, Sans, I want to symbolize as, oh, this is like a cool sober person coming in. Like, let me talk to this person or, right. you know, somebody who also sober could see somebody and be like, Hey, I want to, let's, let's chat. Let's you're one of me. Yeah. It's a social symbol. And I think that's the difference. What everybody else is doing in the non-alcoholic space is they're kind of playing it safe. Right. They're like, right. Oh, you're sober curious, or, you know, you just want to drink less or I'm a pregnant woman. There is a niche for that. Don't get me wrong. Totally. But what I, to do is go the opposite route and not try to look like we're drinking something mm-hmm. I feel like it a little bit because it looks like you know 12 ounce slim can but it's like my thing is i want us to have our own thing we can stand behind where people know yeah that's what we're doing today and something that's great meaningful uh because authenticity i think is super super important for the younger generations like it was for me yeah. Um, so I wanted to be an authentic brand out there, the founder, the CEO, starting something from the ground up, the idea, the conception, the look, everything, the taste, the flavor, what's in yeah. it, the marketing, what it stands for, you know, yeah. and it's still developing. You know, we're working on partnerships with certain brands to be able to give net proceeds to recovery programs. Mm. You know, like I wanted to do that right away. I yeah. didn't know how because I couldn't get in touch with a lot of these people. Sure. But now that it's actually a thing, it's, it's a lot easier. Yeah. So we're, we're looking to do something like that. And this is like a true cause for me. Like cause is like a very trendy word right now. But this is the thing. I donate to recovery programs every year. Now I want my company to be able to do the same thing because that's yeah. what you get through life. <clears throat> yeah. That's amazing. I love that. Talk to me about the the flavor profiles and the design. Like you, you mentioned it was like a slim can. How yeah. was that important in creating something that was, you know, yeah. like you described, sexy, sleek? Yeah. For, so like it, it just go keeps going with the word without, right? Like it yeah. just, that can, I could do without that, make it slimmer, right? Yeah. I wanted something that wasn't so noisy on the shelves because everything is about color, standing out, noisy, yeah. Um, the way I wanted, I told my designer to design everything was I wanted to feel like you're drinking out of an Apple iPhone, just okay. like feels good in your hand, simple, sophisticated, stands yeah. out, right? And then I also said to my uh, my beverage company, Flavor Flavor House, I said, um, you know, we went with one flavor in the beginning, but then due to my advisor giving me some really good advice, he yeah. told me, um, you know why don't you try ginger? He's mm. like, ginger beer is a very well-known product. And yeah. he said that, uh, I think it'll be easier for people to understand. Yeah. And, and he was right. I mean, I, I quickly switched gears. I listened yeah. to people's advice, right? Something that alcoholics don't do. <laughs> yes. So I definitely noticed that yeah, <laughs> I'm very much more receptive to, receptive to advice and actually applying it. Yeah. Uh, switch flavors. And I said, you know what? I want to add my own personality to it though. Yeah. I want to add um, dragon fruit flavoring. I love dragon fruit. Yeah. I was like, it's Asian too. And I want people to celebrate us. So I brought those yeah. two together. Um, and also too, what was really important was to make it low calorie. 
yeah sugar because totally I definitely oh. noticed that a lot of the people out there don't want anything high sugar they want something more natural that's yeah. our product and that's why i said i was like i want everything about this to represent me which is healthy a little bit of supplemental um additions to it like the ginseng yeah uh, and also two 10 calories something that i will drink every day yeah, uh, something that's flavorful and unique. And so then we have something like that out there, which is great. Um, and I think that's what some a lot of people don't understand that it's actually 10 calories and full flavored, which is like something that people don't have. Yeah. Uh, and transparency with the ingredients was very important for me. Mm. So I learned from the supplement industry and the beverage industry for years that there's this on the back of the label, they'll always say proprietary blends, which is very much just a secret way to say, I'm going to give you shit in your product and you're not going to know it. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's going to be dirty. It's going to be pretty be dirty. dirty. And by yep. the way, I might not even tell you, I might not even show you how many, um, how much ingredients are actually in there because we might not have that much. Mm. You know, like the only thing they put on there is their caffeine intake, right? Oh, right. we got more than caffeine. Right. But when other people say like, oh, we have ashwanda in it, but how much? Is right. it enough to even have any effect? Yeah. Most likely not because it's expensive. Yep. And even those like herbs that you do get, like they're not great quality. Right. So it's not necessarily great for you and not enough so that's why i've learned from the supplement industry the, yeah. the tricks of getting away with it but i wanted to do the opposite and give yeah so that's why we are a little bit more costly because we're premium because we put 100 milligrams of ginseng in it oh wow if you look at, yeah if you look at a lot of other uh, people and you actually told them hey man how much ginseng's in your proprietary blend yeah they'll probably say like five milligrams 15 yeah which is not enough you got to drink at least no have any health benefits right right so that's why we you know people say like well why well, I, I can just drink a sparkling water well you could sure sure drink it yeah but we're also offering health benefits at full dosages for you yeah so that costs a little bit more um and it's well, true and it, it just looks cooler it tastes better it's sexier it's an experience <clears throat> Water is water. Let's water is water. Hey, yeah. We're not we're not water. I mean, yeah. we are a beverage, obviously, but we are not just water. That's what yeah. I think people uh, don't understand. And so, you know, my thing is, we represent we represent something. Yeah, and to represent something costs a little bit more, and that's just what we are. You know, like I, we are looking on bringing the cost down. We're figuring mm -hmm. that out. Like. Um, we're not perfect right out of the gate. I think people forget we were just born really October 5th of this year. Wow. <laughs> hey, got to give us a little bit of time. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. You're Thank brand, you. brand new. Yeah. We're brand, brand new. <laughs> we're still trying to figure shit out, you know? Yeah. Where can we get some sands? So we are looking to deliver to Canada eventually. Okay. Um, right now it's just U.S. markets, especially in California. So, yeah. Um, markets there some selected restaurants that you can see on our website where we're at okay but right now it's mostly online direct to consumer okay. um so go to do you and and order from there we have free shipping which is perfect great. okay Love uh, it. and we really want people to subscribe to our um delivery because you'll also save money on that as well okay great and Kevin, what do you have coming up in, in the next, for the next month here? We're coming into November. Oh my God. What have you got going on? That's so much. So yeah. I'm actually, the dreams of being a model, I thought were dead. Okay. Um, and I actually have this opportunity to be on QVC now to be the face of my own athleisure wear line. Wow. Um, so that's what I'm going on QVC for yeah. uh, next, next week to be able to go on QVC and talk about my product. And yeah, wow. it's pretty amazing. And what's even crazier about that, it's my hometown, Philly. Yeah. So I go back to Philly. Cool. Place that I left thinking I had to go to New York to be a model and be right. the face of something. It was actually my hometown this whole time. In your own backyard. Back Isn't that just how it always works though? Like, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. So it's, it's exciting that that's coming up. Uh, I'm in my first 
full feature movie coming out next year. It's called wow. Asian. Um, I'm filming another movie called The Doctrine of Discontent next year as well, focusing on signs, my relationship yep. with my girlfriend, Devon. We also have a Asian lead love story production company that we just launched as well. Cool. All's Productions. And yeah, like I said, we just want to tell Asian lead love stories and yeah. a lot of cool stuff. I mean, I, actually, now that I say it out loud, I can see why I feel anxious and overwhelmed sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Just, um, but I will say this. My hopes is to handle it with grace mm-hmm. because um, I definitely learned in recovery and sobriety that this too will all pass. Yeah. As long as I can, I don't have to make any amends and hurt people along the way. Yeah. Of other people. It's all going to play out the way it's supposed to. Yeah, Definitely. Amazing. So Kevin, can you give us a website one more time for SANS and then where to follow you on social media? So you can actually find SANS on www.doyousans.com. Okay. And social handle is also that, but you can also follow me on Instagram and TikTok, Kevin period Kreider, K-R-E-I-D-E-R. Amazing. Thank you so, so much for sharing your experience, your knowledge with us. It's been awesome. Thank you. See you in Vancouver. Heck yeah. I am absolutely meeting up with Kevin in Vancouver. Stay locked to our Instagram to see how that turns out. As always, thank you so much for listening. Leave your feedback about the podcast. We love to read your comments. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Sober Girls Guide and head over to asobergirlsguide.com. We got you lock, stocked, and loaded so you do not have to be. Whatever stage of your booze-free journey, we got your back, girl. From challenges to worksheets to our private members only sober girl social club we got your back head to a sobergirlsguide.com thank you so much for listening and have a great day